the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, Matthew also introduced a new people group. We call them the church. And Matthew is the only one of the Gospels that uses the word church. The word church means a called out assembly. It's not talking about a building or an organization. It's talking about the gathering of believers, of worshipers. We're back on this Thursday with another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout. So glad to have you along. If you'd like to know more information about Church of the Highlands, especially at this time of year, please go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. A number of events are happening that you'll want to have the details on. Again, that website is highlands.us. And here's Pastor Layton. And the New Testament church is a different kind of people group because it's composed of both Jews and Gentiles. In fact, in the church, there are no racial dis- distinctions. Um, although Matthew wrote primarily for Jews, he often includes the Gentiles. For instance, in chapter 2, when he talks about wise men from the east who came to worship the infant Jesus, he talks about miracles that were performed uh, uh, for Gentiles and that Jesus commended them on several occasions for their faith, that the Gentile queen of Sheba was willing to make a long journey to hear God's wisdom. And even in the parables, Jesus indicated that the blessing was going to be shared with the Gentiles. The Olivet Discourse made it clear that the message would go into all nations, and the Great Commission involves all nations. And so Matthew made it clear that this new people, the church, must not maintain racial or social exclusiveness. When we come to Jesus in faith, we become one of his body, the church, and part of the family. That's why we refer to each other as brother and sister. And when we come together, it's a little piece of heaven here because we do have people from various tribes and tongues and people and nations. And that's how heaven is described. People from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Now let me tell you a little bit more about the author. As I mentioned this week, it's much of an introduction to our study of Matthew. And so we're establishing some of the the foundation for that. But uh, Matthew was a former tax collector, and he was one of the original 12 that were chosen by Jesus. He is also called in Scripture Levi. And it says that when Jesus called him, he got up and left everything and followed Jesus. The name Matthew means gift of God. And there are some scholars that believe that it's possibly a name that Jesus gave Levi, like Jesus gave uh, Simon the name Peter. Now, the text of the gospel doesn't actually name its author, but uh, the early church unanimously uh, ascribed authorship to Matthew the Apostle. Um, It was found in the writings of Ignatius, the bishop of Antioch, Papias, a second century bishop, Arrhenius, Origen of the third century, Eusebius of the fourth century. All of these and more attested to the fact that it was Matthew the Apostle that wrote this gospel. I mentioned to you that previous 
the coming with Jesus that he was a tax collector, and tax collectors were among the most hated people in Jewish society. They were considered traitors to their own people because they basically sold themselves to the Roman invaders um, to provide taxes for the government. And, and they purchased this privilege of being a tax collector, and they were under the protection of Rome. And the more taxes they gathered, the more they got to keep. And so they were considered thieves as well as traitors. And because they were constantly in contact with Gentiles, they were considered ceremonially unclean. So certainly we know that Matthew left an awful lot when he chose to follow Jesus. Now it's interesting, when you read through the list of 12 apostles, you find Matthew, a tax collector, and you find Simon, a zealot. The zealots hated the tax collectors, and they would have killed them at any opportunity. Isn't it remarkable how Jesus will pick a tax collector and a zealot and bring them together as disciples and keep them from killing each other? It's remarkable how God brings people together. But uh, sometime after his calling by Jesus, he hosted a dinner, and he, he invited guests that included many tax collectors and sinners. And evidently what he wanted to do was to let his friends and associates meet Jesus. Now, of course, the religious establishment had a problem with this. They wanted to know why Jesus would associate with such undesirables. And that's when Jesus said, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The last reference that we have to Matthew in the scriptures is found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 13. And uh, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples would gather together on a regular basis for prayer. And at one of those meetings, they named Matthias to take the place of Judas among the twelve. And after that, the scriptures record nothing more of Matthew's life. So there's nothing more we have for certain about Matthew. But according to tradition, Matthew continued to minister locally. And then uh, several years after the Lord ascended, he made some missionary journeys to Jewish people who were dispersed uh, among the Gentiles. Uh, His work was associated with Persia, Ethiopia, Syria, and in some traditions, Greece as well. And we don't know much about him. According to tradition, he was um, martyred in AD 62. But uh, we do know this, and that is the gospel that he wrote has ministered and continues to minister to millions and billions, and I'm not exaggerating, of people around the globe over these last 2,000 years. Now, as to how Matthew organized his gospel... You remember that he was a tax collector and therefore accustomed to keeping systematic records. And so he has a beautifully organized account of the Lord's ministry and life. And you can divide Matthew into sections of doing and teachings which alternate. Each teaching section ends with a phrase such as, when Jesus had ended these sayings, or something similar thereto. And so Matthew arranged his material in uh, topical order, rather than chronological order. For instance, he grouped 10 miracles together in chapters 8 and 9 instead of their, into their historical uh, sequence. But again, the purpose of him writing his gospel was to present evidence that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of God. So Matthew described Jesus as both a doer and a teacher. He, he describes uh, 20 or more specific miracles and six uh, major messages, one of them being the Sermon on the Mount. So that gives you a little bit of background about the book and its author. And now as we study, 
Uh, the first portion of, uh, of Matthew's gospel, the first portion of the first chapter, these first 17 verses uh, present Jesus' ancestry. And uh, genealogies served several purposes in Bible times. They traced uh, claims for inheritance and land and positions of authority. They also are reminded of the people of history and ancestral origins. Uh, a family line proved uh, standing as one of God's chosen people. And uh, Matthew here shows that Jesus was a descendant of Abraham, who is the father of all of the Jewish people, and a direct descendant of David, thus fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. And so the facts of this are carefully preserved, and this is one of the proofs that Matthew provides that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Now, rather than reading the entire list of names all at once, I'd like to approach this portion of Scripture using some light-running commentary that highlights some insights about some of the selected individuals. Let's start with uh, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that when it says son of, it, it, it can also mean descendant of. When we hear son of, we think that there's a father and son and immediate connection. But in the scriptures, son of can also mean that they were a descendant of, as it was the case. Because obviously, King David was not the son uh, of Abraham, in a little sense, they were separated by several centuries. Uh, Abraham received God's covenant, believed the Lord, so it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And it was through Abraham that the promise was made that all of the nations of the world would be blessed. Verse 2, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. So the phrase was the father of can also mean ancestor of, as well. These three men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are often named together as the patriarchs, the receivers of God's covenant. Now, it's interesting to note that the sons of Jacob are identified through Judah, because Judah was not the firstborn. In fact, he was the fourthborn of the 12 sons. And also among those 12 sons was Joseph. You remember the story of Joseph with amazing color, uh, colored coat and, and uh, saving the people and saving his family uh, in Egypt and so forth? And, the, and Joseph had an outstanding testimony of faithfulness. He's one of the outstanding characters of the Old Testament. But it's interesting that neither Joseph nor the firstborn, Reuben, were chosen to represent these brothers. It was Judah who represented that generation. And scholars believe that it was Judah was chosen because in Jacob's blessing upon Judah, he was blessing all of the sons, but his blessing upon Judah, he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. The scepter was something that only a king had. And so what he was saying here is that kings are going to come from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus was a descendant of the tribe of Judah, as was King David. Verse 3, and Judah, the father of Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram. But, you know, there's an interesting sidelight that, that appears in this verse. One might expect that a genealogy might avoid mention of less reputable ancestors. You probably, like all of us, have some ancestor, someplace that was somebody you'd rather not be associated with, you know. But it says here that Judah's sons were born by Tamar. Now, there's a story is told in Genesis chapter 38, and it, it's a story of evil because uh, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, but he wasn't married to their mother, Tamar. Uh, he was actually the father-in-law 
of Tamar. So it was an incestuous situation that was described in Genesis 38. It's interesting that in this genealogy, she's not the only one mentioned. There's actually four women that are mentioned. And so it's obvious that Matthew here is communicating more than just mere historical data. There's something he wants us to capture as we read through this genealogy of the history of Jesus Christ's ancestors. And we'll find out just what that is when we come back with the next edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. He's in a study in the book of Matthew dealing with those verses that focus our attention on the Advent season. If you've missed any of these messages, you can find them on the website highlands.us. Plus, you can find information about the service times for the church over the weekend. The services begin on Saturday evening then continue through Sunday morning and Sunday evening, plus directions to the campus. That's highlands.us. And we'd love to know that you're tuning in. You can share that fact with us when you click on the contact link there on the homepage. By the way, if it's easier for you to call, the number is 650-873-4095. Please call during normal business hours. That's 650-873-4095. Have a great rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll wrap up the week and share more from the book of Matthew as Pastor Layton takes us verse by verse.